It's go time. Welcome to Quick Kicks, everybody. I'm Don Charbon, and today we have a very special guest from the CFL Statistics Department. It's Jeff Creever. Uh, Jeff, what is your exact title with the CFL? Uh, so my title is uh, Senior Director of Player and Game Statistics. And what does that entail? My uh, primary role is to oversee the collection of data uh, across the league. So that's in nine CFL stadiums with all of our stats crews. Uh, our stats crews are made up of, of five or six people on each crew, and they're collecting data in real time. Uh, we're auditing that data uh, and then uh, working alongside uh, Steve Daniel, who you probably all know working out of Vancouver. Uh, I work out of Toronto. Um, along with our associate, Doug Page. It's a, it's a collaborative effort. The three of us are always auditing, uh, and then as well as managing our uh, our historical data archives, which, uh, which are, are quite vast. I can imagine with a league this old and this uh, storied, as it were, that's quite an undertaking. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of history, and, and the, the crazy part of it is we're always adding more. Um, the, and the clubs always want more, right? The clubs are, are a big part of that. Uh, a big part of what what Steve and I do is we serve the clubs. Uh, they come to us all the time with uh, requests. They want as much info as they can to give them an edge. Uh, and we serve them all equally, right? If, if one club asks for something, we provide the same data to all the teams uh, as part of our, our week reporting process. Uh, so the data that we have and the archives that we have um, that go back so far uh, we're always expanding it every year. We're adding new, new little details, um, things that can that can inform clubs, uh, inform media, uh, anyone that's interested. Uh, so it's, it just never stops growing. So when you say that you're adding to it, what what processes are undertaken to do that? Are you having somebody say, "Look, I've got a bunch of these documents from the 1935 season. Would they be of value?" Or is it some other methodology that you employ? Uh, when we're adding, it's it's more uh, in the up to the up to the moment, right? And in, in a current season, um, for example, one thing that we added uh, a few years ago, we started to look at directional punting uh, because teams were really interested in the results on punts that were going inside of the numbers uh, or outside of the numbers. Um, another one that we had for a while uh, was pressures. We ended up we stopped doing that at one point. But we did that up until uh, about 2017. Uh, pressures on quarterbacks, right? When a, when a defensive end or, or defensive tackle, somebody gets a pressure on a quarterback. But but we felt that that there was too much discretion involved in that, right? And, and there's there's it's there's no black and white definition of what's a pressure or what isn't a pressure. Uh, so just things like that, we, we try and add what we can. Uh, sometimes it works. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work. But the clubs uh, certainly always have input on that. That that's fascinating. So basically, you're taking data that you already have, and you're digging deeper into it and saying, "Well, we need to pull this from it and this from it because maybe the Red Blacks needed this." Okay, let's say that the other eight will probably be interested as well. Yeah, that's exactly it. Fascinating. So, what got you into this in the first place? Like, how does a person move through life and finally get to where you are? Well, I, I've had a bit of a bit of a winding path, um, for sure. I, I actually went to school for journalism, uh, so ending up in in stats is uh, people go well, kind of. Well, how did you get there? You know, um, 
went to school for journalism, started out in content. I was hired in 2012 as an intern uh, with the league, uh, did a lot of work with the website, uh, editing, uh, writing copy, marketing side, working with our marketing department. Uh, I, I take a lot of pride in, in the work that we did uh, with some of our, our gaming products, uh, for example, Fantasy or, or CFL Pick'em. Uh, I was around uh, with the league uh, during both of those launches, uh, which which were really great products for us and had a, had a lot of engagement with fans uh, and, and which I've really enjoyed playing as well uh, over the years. Uh, in 2018 or so, I was approached by by the league and, and, and by Steve Daniel as well uh, about whether I'd be interested in a move from content to statistics. Uh, so I, I and I and I was interested. It, it was a great opportunity for me. Um, I, I'm a huge sports fan, not just football, hockey, but hockey, baseball, anything like that. Uh, and stats is a big part of it for me. I'm always uh, tracking uh, stats, a big fantasy player and in, in, in everything. Um, you know, I've got, got NFL fo- football playoffs coming up right now. So, I'm, you know, I'm all I'm all right into that, um, you know, all of those things. So for me, it was a no brainer. And, and I ended up moving into stats, uh, kind of making a transition from content to stats and and, and doing both roles uh, for a little bit. And then I made the full transition by 2020, working alongside Steve. Uh, so that's that's kind of how I ended up here. So a uh, big content and journalism guy coming out of school, there was an opportunity and I, I I uh, I made the most of that, and I think a lot of skills from a journalism degree are, are transferable to a lot of things, right? So uh, that ended up taking me in, into statistics, and there's still a lot of storytelling uh, involved with what what Steve and I do today. That's a that's a really big part of the role. So I feel like my background there has really helped me end up uh, where I am. But at the end of the day, if you're really passionate about something, you know, I don't think you need to have any boundaries or or, or or to fit into a specific uh, role necessarily. And, you know, a lot of people in our office, uh, they're they're very good at a lot of different things. Now, let's move from that path and into another one. Let's take a typical week in the Canadian Football League from, let's say, last season, 2022, where it's Monday morning. What is the first thing you need to do to get the week started? Well, (laughs) my... For us, uh, we, Monday morning is is coming off uh, a weekend where uh, during the season we've worked all weekend. You're talking about 10, 12 hour days uh, at least on, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, and and Sunday, uh, because game time we're, we're we're auditing, then we're we're inputting analytics after the game, uh, then we're doing more inputting all day on Sunday, right? So uh, Monday morning we come in with with meetings, we discuss the 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 weekend's uh, games we do evaluations of all our stats crews uh, they're evaluated for for their performances uh, which we share with the crews and then uh, we also uh, between Monday and Tuesday we're reviewing uh, stat changes that come in from the clubs uh, the clubs each week will request uh, any changes um, that a player would like on a tackle or something like that uh, a lot of them don't get changed they just want us to take a second look uh, say hey you know Tackles are one of those things that we get the most on tackles, but tackles are one of those things that, uh, that there's a lot of discretion there. You can have two or three guys that are that are in on a tackle. And uh, unlike in the NFL we don't or, or college, we don't have tackle assists or, or solo tackles. We, ju- we just have tackles. It's trying to choose one guy out of a out of a handful. If something's obvious, we'll make the change. But if not, uh, we'll, we'll go with what the crew had called and what was audited uh, during the game. 
but those changes usually come on a, on a Monday or a Tuesday if 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 they're uh, if they're applicable. Uh, and then throughout the week, it's it's a lot of data entry, uh, game notes. I'm not sure if you've seen our, our game notes packages that we send out uh, each week, um, but Steve and I spend a lot of time assembling those in terms of inputting data, printing, uh, printing the the, the PDFs, uh, as well as putting together storylines and, and notes for the media. Uh, and those are really important to us because they inform media on, on storylines and they help put our league uh, out there a little bit and uh, and generate some of the great content that you see around the CFL. Uh, so after that, it's it's pretty much getting ready for the next week. For the first part of the year, we have Thursday night football through the summer uh, up until September. So um, that's pretty much what what a week looks like. You, you mentioned game notes, and I'm a subscriber. I've and it's kind of a twofold uh, approach where you've got analytics for the league and what teams are doing as a general construct and then individually what teams are doing play by play or down by down yeah that's 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 pretty much it um you know there and and it's not just media the clubs the clubs really use them too the teams are the teams rely on them uh pretty pretty significantly in in addition to what they they already have most clubs have analytics people now uh on their staff so um you know, it's just it's just one piece of the the pie in terms of the data, but we, we get a lot of questions each week about things uh, that go into those, and and uh, the teams and media really find them useful. So uh, we're we're really happy to do them. Now you mentioned Thursday night football, and let's start with Thursday morning. You wake up, you know, you have a game that night. Let's say it's Edmonton in in Toronto. What is going on? Are you having to make contact with anybody? Or are you going to have to talk to the crews that are going to be working in the game what's what's going to have you happening right off the top yeah so we have to go into our stat system and make sure that the game uh from a technical standpoint is set up and, and ready to go we check lineups we have a, a an early check usually the the morning of the game to make sure the, the rosters have been imported from our roster management system uh into our stat system on game night half an hour before the game teams are required to finalize their rosters uh, and they submit those rosters. Uh, we get a copy of those, uh, and again, we're we're checking to make sure that everything is accurately entered into the system. We also have a pregame call uh, with our stats crews uh, that are on site. Uh, again, the stats crews are are on site in each stadium uh, during the game, and then Steve and Doug work out of Vancouver, uh, and I work out of Toronto. So we're connecting on Zoom uh, before each game, about an hour before to uh, to meet and make sure uh, everything's ready to go. Uh, for the game. So that's what a typical game day looks like. Now, do you stay in the league office? Do you go, let's say if it's Toronto or Hamilton, do you actually make it out to the stadium or what, what is your role when it comes to that type of situation? Uh, I'll visit on occasion. Uh, a big part of my role uh, is supporting the crews with, with, with any, any training that they need uh, best practices. We, we meet with them regularly to, uh, to go over any uh, rules interpretations uh, there are a lot of incredibly challenging uh, rules uh, to interpret uh, in our in our rule book and, and, and in NFL and, and in NCAA as well, um, where there are a lot of moving parts and the crews are making a determination uh, in a split second in a game. And not just that, but there are also, you know, seven or eight other things going on at the same time on a play, especially with some of the more complicated plays. Uh, where a ruling is required, uh, a decisive ruling is required, and a thorough knowledge of the rule book is needed to do that. So 
our, our crews are, are great. Uh, the, the work that they do is just incredible. The, the challenge of the job. I mean, it, it's, it's to me, it's a lot like officiating where, you know, it's not something that they get to go and do every single day. Uh, you know, that they're working on average once every couple of weeks for, for, for five, six months in a year. Uh, so to just turn it on like that and, 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 and be so efficient at what they do with such a high degree of accuracy. And this year, the, we we grade the crews on accuracy every game, and the accuracy that we've seen from them uh, is the best that we've ever seen. It was just an incredibly high level. So, you know, I just want to give a shout out to to them and all the work that they're doing on site and all of our CFL support staff. Um, but yeah, to 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 make a long answer short, I do I do try and and, and spend some time with the crews, but uh, for the most part, we try to leave them alone. Uh, if they have questions and during especially during the game, we'll, we'll try and answer them. We're in constant communication with them. Um, we let them do their work independently, uh, offsite, uh, and 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 just audit from afar, uh, and then report to them after the game and, and let them kind of do their thing when the uh, while the game's actually unfolding. So when you say audit from afar, does that mean you're sitting in front of your computer, you've got the game on one screen, and you're watching for inputs on what that play was called? Audit as it goes, or how does that work? Yeah, we audit in real time, multiple multiple screens. Uh, it's like it's uh, you know it's like mission control. Uh, and I know Steve. I think Steve has even more screens than me. I think he's got seven or eight or something in his office. But, I've got, uh, I usually have three going, but um, we'll, we'll have the television broadcast, which is, which is good. But we also have, uh, we have a, a system set up for streaming the game on multiple angles. So we can see, uh, we can see all 24 if we need it, uh, which is helpful for where the ball is being spotted. Uh, shows the, the, uh, the, the 22nd clock uh, shows the game clock at all times. Cause we're, we're always recording uh, the time at, at when the ball is being snapped and when each play starts, uh, when each play ends and so on. Uh, so, so looking at multiple screens and then auditing in real time, we change, we end up changing very few things through the course of a game, but, um, sometimes in the heat of a moment, uh, you know, the, the crew needs a little bit of backup, uh, something gets missed or sometimes there's a fumble, uh, and there's a crowd around the ball and, uh, it, it's hard to see who forced that fumble, right? You've got a massive pile of, uh, of, of football players there and, and big equipment and hard to see numbers sometimes. And that's where having those multiple angles and being able to slow things down and review uh, can, can really make a difference because the only changes we're making after a game, kind of like I mentioned before, are usually coming from the teams uh, where a player says, Hey, I thought I deserved credit for, uh, for this tackle or, uh, or that sack, or I thought I deserved credit for a knockdown on this play. Because uh, other than that, we're we're getting everything in real time. If something's off, we're we're fixing it pretty quickly. So at halftime, what is happening? Are people taking a break and going, okay, I, I got to re-energize. We got another thirty to go, or are you sort of like doing a peer review again before you step into the third quarter? It's a it's a quick meeting with the crew. Uh, they, they join us on Zoom for for a quick uh, kind of debrief. Let us know if if anything is concerning or if they're having any issues or, or if everything's all, all clear. Uh, and then from there, the crew will take a, usually take a short break. And then on the audit side, uh, we're actually either me or Steve, one of the two of us, each game is, is manually auditing, uh, as well. So we're writing everything down and then we're turning that into analytics, uh, after the game. So we're also turning that into, you know, second down conversion rate and distance, um, 
you know, what are, what are some other good ones? Uh, passing depth. That's a, that's a big one that we, we try to keep. And that's all been done manually, uh, at least up until, till, till now we're, we're constantly writing as well. And we take half time to try and, uh, make sure that everything's balancing, right. Uh, make sure that the total yards matches up, uh, for both sides, uh, team losses, uh, passing and rushing, all of those things, uh, the right number of first downs. Sometimes you can have a penalty that negates a first down and the system uh, doesn't catch it properly. So we're able to go in and say, uh, okay, we need to override that uh, on this particular play. Game ends. What is going on next? Because I know you've got to punch stuff up to the website. There's a lot of moving parts, I imagine, at that moment. Yeah, again, it's a, it's a similar process in terms of, of balancing the game. Uh, that's the biggest thing that we do. Uh, is is make sure that that the first downs and the total yardage adds up properly. Um, we go through all the individual stats and make sure that everything looks to be where it should be. Um, no odd odd players or odd statistics in there. Uh, and once we're 100 confident in 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 the the post game stats, uh, we basically hit complete. the The post game sheet is sent out to uh, to media and to all the clubs uh, through an automated email. And that's that's the end of the process. We'll have a, a brief post game call with the crew just to get their feedback, uh, and we take all of that uh, into into account, of course, when we're uh, evaluating the stats crews as well and and, and grading their uh, their accuracy. Just any factors that may have uh, may have caused them any issues after the game, uh, and that's that's pretty much it. That's uh, that's our that's our game night routine. And then. I guess the complicating factors are when you've got double headers and perhaps triple header. They make for long days, especially when you have the nine hours of football, uh, the triple headers. Uh, but we handle it very well. We're very well equipped to handle it uh, for a couple of reasons. A, we 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 really trust our our stats crews. Uh, they they've done a really great job for us, and they're 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 very independent. They could easily get through a game without us, but that audit process is obviously still uh, still still critical to what we're doing, but we're able to lean on them a lot. So on a nine hour game, you have crews that are getting through a game without, without making many mistakes and without us having to, to go in and take plays over or fix things up. Uh, it, it really makes a big difference for us. And that's, that's where our crews are at. Uh, and then the, the second part of it is between me and, and Steve and, and Doug Page, who works very closely with us between the three of us, we've got a lot of ability. We've got and those two, especially. I mean, they've got so much experience doing this. Steve's been doing it for over fifteen years, and I know Doug's been at it since the '80s. So, uh, I, I'm still learning every day from those two as well. But I've pretty much been doing every game now for the last few, last couple, well, at least the last couple of years since uh, since COVID nineteen. So, you know, those double and triple headers, they end up being a lot of fun. We really enjoy what we're doing, and it, it doesn't become too much of a too much of a, an issue. Even even with the overlap, you know, we had some overlapping games last year and um, we, we make the most of it. And we really enjoy what we're doing. What was the biggest challenge for you when you started this? What was the hardest thing for you to get your head wrapped around with stats? <laughs> uh, just the volume of, of stats, just the, the, the stuff. There's so much stuff. And a, a lot of that is, is, is Steve. I mean, Steve's, Steve's mind is, is very unique. He's, he's, you know, the knowledge that he has and, and what he's been putting into this over the last uh, 15 or so years since he started with the CFL, he, he's built such an incredible, uh, an incredibly vast archive and, and stats offering. Uh, so when I, when I first came in, it, it was, there was a lot to wrap my head around for sure. But, you know, I, one of my first, my first year here, I went out to Vancouver and I spent some time with, with Steve and, 
Um, we worked on a lot of those, a lot of those things. And, and I, I just absorbed as much as I could as quickly as I could. And, you know, by kickoff in the, in the first season, I, I felt like I was pretty much up to speed and, and ready to go. It, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of hours. And at first, maybe there's a second where you think, well, what the heck am I doing here? But the biggest thing is once you start getting into actual games and uh, it's a lot of fun, you just really start to enjoy it. It, it all starts to make sense. Every aspect of the job, I, I really love it right now. You know those those days from when I first started, and and it seemed like a lot. They're they're definitely they're definitely long long behind me. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the job is when we get media and coaches, and they reach out and they ask they they ha- they ask questions. They they have stats requests, and some of them are really tough. And the odd one we can't we can't answer. I mean, that happens sometimes. But uh, but I love ch- I love researching and I love chasing down some of those some of those more difficult uh, queries and. And more often than not, we're able to help people out with what they're looking for. That's the uh, journalist in you. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Now it's off season. What do you try to do? What What do you hope to accomplish in the off season prior to training camps? Do you look at agendas and say, okay, this is something maybe we could put in the stats package? Do people come to you with ideas and you try to work through them? I think we get more asks and requests from people uh, in season. So we're kind of adjusting on the fly uh, during the season. Sometimes we'll table something and say, Hey, let's look at this in the off season. But um, the biggest thing in the off season is, is inputting. We have a full season of data now uh, at that point, once this, once the season is ended. Uh, so it's catching up on, uh, on entering our, uh, to our historical archives, uh, all sorts of team and individual level uh, statistics, career stats, we have our own uh, internal uh, stats database that we keep separate from uh, what's on CFL.ca. You know, stat systems will come and go and things like that, but we want to make sure that our information is uh, is 100% accurate and, and verified. So, uh, so that's a big part of our off-season process. Uh, we're currently in the process of, of again, inputting all of our data, uh, auditing, uh, making sure that everything matches uh, the the single game data that we get from throughout the season before completely finalizing our our stats reports uh for 2022 and then that's 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 pretty much it uh the next step after that is is working on the cfl guide uh that's a really big undertaking it's a massive uh 300 and something page uh book that we put together uh every year it's it's available for free on cfl.ca digitally um and we send some a limited number of copies out to to media and uh our broadcast partners of course at tsn every year uh but that's a big off-season project every season as well and that's uh, th- those are the main uh, that's the main focus of the off-season of course uh, also whenever there are um we, we do what we can to support our, our football operations department whenever there are uh off-season uh rules discussions and, and rules changes and things like that you know we had a few uh last off-season um and and they tried to lean on on me and Steve uh, when they could for any relevant background and uh, research on that because that's that's a really that's a really significant process uh, on on the football operations side of it as well. When you're talking about teams and rule changes, when they come to you, they're not looking necessarily for um, strict numbers. They want interpretations. They want to know that. If I last year, for instance, they moved the kickoffs back to the thirty, and they want to know from you, well, if that changes this, what else will it impact? Yeah, it's all, and it is all, it's all statistically based. But you're right; uh, there's some interpretation or 
or hypothetical situations involved. And yeah, it, it becomes if we get rid of the the five yard no yards penalty, how is that going to impact the number of penalties that are in a game? How does that affect scoring? Things things like that. And and moving the kickoff was another example that you just mentioned. That's a, that's a great example too. We believe that that did help with scoring. Uh, certainly improved uh, field position. You probably noticed that after uh, field goals, when teams had the option to to receive a kick or, or scrimmage from the forty, teams consistently chose to scrimmage from the forty this year, right? Because that that field position, five yards of field position, is significant over the course of a season. That leads to a pretty big uptick and. And in points production. So, uh, yeah, things like that. We, we, we get asked about, oh, what if we move it uh, this many yards? What, what will be the impact? And we have those discussions all the time. And, and a lot of times it, it won't end up leading to a, to a change necessarily, but it's, it's, it's certainly something that people want to be informed of. When do you start feeling excited about the new season? At what point does your juices start to flow and you go, ah, oh, we're into a new year. Let's, let's get going now. <laughs> I mean, I, I probably, probably by January, you know, that's why last year was so weird because we ended in December. That was an odd one. And, and uh, it made the off season a little bit shorter, but um, you know, the December, I think, I think I, I, I don't want to speak for Steve too much, but I think we're both pretty, uh, pretty tired and ready for a break. Uh, you know, enjoying the holidays and stuff with family. And, uh, but by January, I mean, it's, you know, when you do this for so many years, you you just love, love the game and love football. And uh, I think by January, I'm I'm ready for it. Uh, You know, I, I just did my 10th gray cup this, this past, uh, this past month in in Regina. And I'll tell you the the feeling of a game day, it never changes. I, I think I felt the same, the morning of waking up the morning of my 10th great cup as I did my first great cup, you know, it's just, a, it's in terms of it being uh, a special day. And I, I almost feel the same on opening day, uh, for the opening kickoff that morning, waking up, it, it feels like a, a significant event. It feels like a, a really special day and you look forward to it all day. And it, it's really, it is really meaningful. So sometimes that feeling doesn't really sink in until the, the day actually comes because you spend so much time in the month leading up to it, uh, getting ready for it that you don't really have time to let it sink in. That, hey, this is this is back now. It's we're gonna we're gonna be able to watch watch football again. Speaking of the 2022 Grey Cup, the emotional roller coaster of the last three minutes. How do you become dispassionate about what's going on on the field when you're seeing something incredible? <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It it's it's actually pretty pretty easy to do because you're just so caught up in in what's happening in the game that you get into a routine and you're just going from play to play and every play is another play you don't really have time to let it sink in what's happening i mean 20 2017 i'll always remember that one because that i i was actually doing content still at that time i was writing a recap i, I wrote the recaps for for gray cups for so many years for for cfl.ca you know the post game story I mean, Calgary was was about to win the Grey Cup. All they had to do was not fumble, right? And Cassius Vaughn takes it for for you know 100 plus yards for the fumble recovery, and Toronto ends up ends up winning. And one of the most ridiculous in game turnarounds that that anyone's ever seen in a in a in any sporting event, right? When you're writing a recap, your whole story changes at that point, right? It's like you you know 
when a game goes to overtime or, or there's a last second victory, like it's okay. Well, so much for everything I've written so far, because this game has just taken a completely different tone and you're typing and, and looking at your story. And I, I mean, I, I didn't even look up at that moment to kind of let it all sink in. It's just right, right, right. And I, I feel like it's the same way, you know, maybe reporters can relate to this. I feel like it's the same way with stats. I, I was in the press box in, in Regina for that game. And and you could definitely feel the gravity of what happened, but you're so involved with making sure you get every stat on the play and making sure every stat is right. Okay, who had that block? What's the interpretation on this play? That you just you just move to the next play, which, you know, by the by that point, the second block kick, the next play was, I believe it was a kneel by by Chad Kelly at that point. But it's 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 kind of surreal. And you realize that after the game, I think. Uh, and in the weeks following, I, I I watched a full broadcast. I finally got to see the full broadcast a few days after the, the Grey Cup just to just to enjoy it in a different way, you know, just as and I usually try to do that uh, after the Grey Cup. And you see a lot of things that you realize you didn't notice when you're keeping when you're keeping stats and, and watching from the press box during a game. The Argonauts have been involved, the last two times that they have been involved, have been involved in some amazing games. Yeah. Yeah. I just, they they seem to bring out the craziness in the, in the Grey Cups. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Of course, we had, a, we had an Ottawa-Calgary one that went to overtime as well. Um, we had Winnipeg and Hamilton in overtime. And at the Grey Cups... Over the last several years, they've been some of our some of our best games. So, um, as a league, we've been we've been very fortunate. Uh, just incredibly entertaining, uh, great cups lately. Genius Sports came on board last year. Well, we we work very closely with. We're, we're incredibly excited about that partnership, and they know a lot about about the tech side of things. They have a lot of a lot of expertise on that, and I think that's where they're really going to uh, going to guide us. Uh, there's not, there's not really a whole lot I can say right now about, about some of the projects that we're working on, but behind the curtain, there's, there's a lot happening. We're talking to them. Uh, I know that I'm talking about them, about stats related projects pretty much, pretty much every week. So they, they've got some, they've got some really bright people over there. And I think they're, they're really going to help us as a league. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a tremendous partnership so far. You're excited now for 2023. It's, uh, going to be a brand new season coming up in about a hundred days. <laughs> yeah, that's that that seems soon now when you put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um schedule just came out just as we were just as we were setting this up and it's time to start making plans for for next summer already. Pretty amazing. Anything that you want to accomplish next year is there any uh just just keep being more accurate on the stats side of things. I, I think we reached we reached new heights last year uh, in terms of what we're doing statistically. I think as we continue to work with with Genius, we're going to have uh, we're going to be able to expand our offering. So I think I think there's going to be a lot to be excited about in that regard moving forward. And I, I wish I could say I wish I could say more about about some of that, but I hope the football is really good. Uh, it, it was it was amazing uh, in 2022. It, it was one of the best seasons that I've that I've seen since since being with the league, you know, really exciting. The quality of our players, I, I, I think is greater than it's, than it's been the entertainment value. I mean, it's just, this is a great league and I'm, I'm really excited about uh, what the next season is going to bring, you know, a lot of really high scoring games, uh, a lot of really close games, last second finishes, uh, 
And we keep that stat inside the last, uh, the last three minutes games decided in the last three minutes and, and uh, a good, a good portion, I think almost two thirds of them uh, were decided in the last three minutes this last year. So I, I think, I think as a league, we're going to keep getting better and, and uh, that's what I'm most excited for in 2023. It's been a while since you've been on a podcast. Thank you so much for joining this one. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Don. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean and can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Third Down Gamble. Join us again, the Third Down Gamble podcast, audio worth watching.